Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. And normally you would hear somebody say, I'm Fred. But Fred is handling business with the family and Fred's not here today. So I have two special guests. Uh, I have a guest host and I have a guest appearing at the same time. The guest host, you all know her. Uh, she's been here before. We've talked about her a few times. I've been on her show quite a few times. We have Brittany from hey. Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered, the longest podcast name in the world. <laughs> What's good? But you always get it right, though. That's all that matters. What's always. up? Every time. Every <laughs> time. What's happening with you? Not much. I've been chilling. Um, I got a new job. Life's been a little crazy, but overall, we're in an upward mobility. So that's all that matters. Dope. Dope. <laughs> Dope. I love it. And then our guest appearance, you guys have heard me mention this uh, gentleman quite a few times. This is the man from the Entrepreneur Kickback, the host of that show, Mr. Parrish Patton. Parrish, what's happening with you, bro? Hey, man. Nothing much, man. Podcaster. New father. So, team, no sleep right now. <laughs> you know, I, man, I just woke up from a quick nap. You know, I had to get it in where I fit in. Hey. But uh hey, I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm a I'm a fan of both of you guys' shows. Aww. So um I was just waiting for the opportunity to come in and be able to be able to chop it up with both of y'all. This was just a happy accident. Um, hey. Missing Fred, but we go we go I'm gonna catch up with Fred. Hey, this is crazy though, man. And, and and yeah, I'm not gonna let it go too far, man. I'm definitely a fan of your show too. You know that. My listeners know that because I bring up your show, I feel like, every other week. Brittany, I feel like the weeks I'm not bringing up Parrish's show, I'm bringing up yours. <laughs> it's all nothing but love. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, for our listeners, I think they would love to know before we really get into the meat of our discussions today. Uh, so Parrish and I actually used to work together a few years back in my, uh, in my cell phone days. Uh, so Parrish and I used to work together and Brittany and Parrish, you guys used to go to school together way no. before. No, I messed that part We didn't up. go to school together. Okay. Okay. We didn't go to school together. Uh, he was actually just a friend of my ex-boyfriend Okay. to be honest. So I just met him through him essentially. Okay. And my mom was always like, why do you like being out in the streets? Why don't you want to stay home? Cause I don't want to be home. So I was always <laughs> at everybody else's house. <laughs> That's up. how I met Parrish. Yeah. That was what? 13, 15 years ago or so. So it's been a break. That's crazy. So it is so funny to me because we all, all three of us, we started our podcast right around the same time. <laughs> Brittany and I, we didn't know each other at that point. Parrish and I, we knew each other at that point, but it had been a couple of years since we had had a real conversation with each other as well. I didn't know that Parrish was starting an entrepreneur kickback, and Parrish, I'm sure you didn't know that I was getting ready to start up on what's happening. All happy accidents. All happy oh. accidents. Um, 
Okay, Fun bye story. Bye. When I was um when I met you, Brad, I started my very first podcast a little bit after we started working together. The Be Before A podcast. I was in the studio with me and my boy Grim. Shout out to him. And I that's when I fell in love with it. You know. And then around that time, that's when I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna go ahead and buy my own stuff and I'm gonna keep going once I get it. And that's where I'm at right now. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I've listened to you on on some of your earlier episodes on your show. I've listened to you talk about how this wasn't your first podcast. And like I was, you were based off the timeline, I'm like, okay, so he was podcasting when he and I worked together and I just didn't know that. So no man, that, that's dope, yeah. man. It, and it's just it's awesome that you know we had this opportunity to work together. And you guys, I'm sure did you guys know that each other was starting a podcast when you guys started? No, absolutely not. So, <laughs> like no. the man said, all happy accidents. All absolutely happy accidents. The fact that it started all at the same time and the fact that we had an opportunity uh, to all three of us work together is exciting. So we got a little bit of a different feel of an episode today. Uh, it's going to be the first time we're talking about that. And um, so Brittany and I were kind of playing co-host duties and Parrish is our, is our, is our guest, so to speak. We're going to talk about some, some things that are happening in our economy right now. So if you guys have been listening, we've been talking to all kinds of movers and shakers on this show recently. You know, we had Deborah Douglas uh, last week. Shout out to her. We had Bianca Glasgow, uh, BG, the week before that. We had, um, we've had Mike E. We've had Brandon. We've had um, Reggie and Nina. We've had a lot of movers and shakers on the show uh, for the entire length of the show, but in particular, you know, these last couple months and people talk about their different journeys on starting their business and entrepreneurship and things of that nature. And so what I wanted to do is let's talk about some things that are happening in our world here in the U.S. in real time. And Parrish, who talks to entrepreneurs for a literal living, tell us what does this really mean? How are entrepreneurs that you know leveraging it or how you yourself might be leveraging it or what's the move that we need to be thinking of to make that we're not necessarily thinking of right now. Does that, does that make sense? Shoot. Y'all breaking up again. Y'all might end up losing me. I feel it. Uh, I feel it coming. I I feel it coming. Every time I do a live show, (laughs) every time. (laughs) You know what? what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. No matter what. So, y- y'all ready to get into it? I oh, know. Let's get into it. All right. So, first thing I'm going to bring up is, after it loads up, the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law recently. I think it got signed into law today. Um, mm-hmm. It's a $750 billion bill uh, for health care, for tax, climate, all kinds of stuff. Big bill that... They got um, Joe Manchin and everybody else to agree on and all of that, and it's officially a law. So I'm going to read this from, uh, I'm going to read just a little blurb from the CNN article that I found. Uh, 
The act accomplishes several key Biden. Yeah, sorry. The act accomplishes several key Biden legislation. Yeah. Oh, I can read. Legislative agenda items representing the largest climate investment in American history and making major changes to health policy by giving Medicare the power for the first time to negotiate the prices of certain prescription drugs and extending expiring health care subsidies for three years. The legislation will reduce the deficit be paid for through new taxes, including a 15% minimum tax on large corporations and a 1% tax on stock buybacks and boost the IRS's ability to collect. $700 billion over 10 years and spend $430 billion uh, to reduce carbon emissions, extend subsidies, blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. So that's the core of it, right? And you guys... Absolutely, if you're not watching news, you're not reading your news, look into that. That's happening in real time. When when you see that, when you hear that, Parrish, I know you've had a chance to, or at least I'm hoping you had a chance to look at the article. You got that new baby. I don't think I said congrats on the show, by the way. Congrats on the show. <laughs> for on the new show. Baby. Um, but when you see that, when you hear that, what jumps out at you, bro? He took the breath and everything. (laughs) That is hilarious. Brittany, did you have a chance to to read up on that? That's funny. I did have a chance to read up on it. Um, I think for me, as far as, well, just the inflation bill as a whole, right? One of the things that you hear people talking about um, on social media and just within social circles is like all of that money they paid us, they getting it back, right? So everything in our, um, you know, all of the checks they sent us over Mm -hmm. COVID, all of that, like they're getting us in taxes, they're getting us in gas prices and inflation as a whole. So um, for them to be signing something into um, act and into law in order to reduce that, it, it kind of feels, it feels a little bit like false relief because that's not where, where, where we're feeling it at. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So as far as, um, let me, sorry, I'm trying to find the part that I was talking about. You're good. Um, a bad bro. The <laughs> we are clearly on the fly right now. Super live. Paris will be back eventually. Fred might pop in here too. That's what's up. Um, but the fifteen percent minimum tax on large corporations and one percent tax on stock buyer on the stock buybacks. And oh, here we go. Yeah, I had Parish. to add him back into the stream. I forgot. He was just sitting there. Yeah. And he's still getting it together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do your thing. Okay. But, yes. So, and boost the IRS ability to collect. That's the part that kind of, I mean, once you start throwing out the the numbers and everything, they're talking, oh, no. <laughs> this is a real struggle. 
But yeah, I really was kind of wanting to hear Parrish's <laughs> point of view before I jumped in. So, um, you back to your point where you're saying they're they're boosting the uh, the IRS's ability to 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 go after the taxes. You know, they boosted manpower, and you know something that I've been seeing some of my conservative friends or libertarian friends that are you know deeply conservative in, in retrospect. Anyway. I've been seeing them share memes. It'll say something to the effect of, hey, there's 200 and, and some odd billionaires in this country, and they're hiring 86,000 IRS agents. Do you really think that they're going after the billionaires? Do you really think they need that many right. to go after the billionaires? And my first initial thought is, there's 200, there's how many billionaires? <laughs> right, exactly. That's my first thought when I see that, right? Mm-hmm. And then my second thought is, yes, they probably do need that much because when you are a billionaire with a B, you can afford to cover and dash every single loophole right. possible, possible. Like mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um, so yeah, you need to boost the workforce. Number three, the other thing I think about is, is that the government's creating jobs that I, I don't, I don't see how that's a bad thing. Right. So to speak. Number. And then the other thing that I really think about is, and I've kind of had this thought, I'm not big into conspiracy theories at all. Like there, the, the, the whole thought that like the government is secretly trying to make sure that you don't know things because they they don't want you to know I, just like they don't want you to know what they're doing it that part doesn't make sense to me because the stuff that's happening in real time that's out in the open it's always yeah. worse that's true I, but I, I feel like it's still a cover-up for some I mean I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist but you see it when like when COVID happened and it was kept a secret from us for a while until they had to tell us like they knew about it and they held off. So there are things that they they do keep from us, but I understand. Well, when you say they kept it a secret, what do you mean? They knew about the China flu, <laughs> the China virus, so well before I was, they let us know. I was seeing stuff on the news about coronavirus in like October 2019, October right. 2019. Right. No, that's true. So like. That's why, I, I don't know. To but me, as far as it being, but that's you watching like world news. As far as it being anything told to close-minded citizens, it was on CNN. They were covering yeah. it. They were covering it at the same time they were covering the first impeachment of Trump. Like they were talking about it. Like it was there. Right. I just, I just think that the the whole like thoughts of conspiracy. So like, why would I guess here's what I think, and maybe I'm crazy to think this way, and I'll just be crazy, but number one, I don't make enough money for them to to be trying to steal extra tax dollars from me. Like, it would just be dumb. I don't make enough money that's worth it, number one. And then for two, 
what do they sneakily have to do when in real time they're actively making it harder for people that look like me to vote right like that's out in the open it is happening mm-hmm. so man um i don't know um but Parrish, you came back bro i'm happy to see you can you hear me yeah i'm, I'm here for now so we, we kind of stalled you out. You know, we talked about, we, we're still talking about that same, the, the Inflation Act and, and the, the the billions that's going to get raised and the carbon emissions and all of that stuff. We, we didn't move topics yet. So when you see that, what perks up in your entrepreneur mind and what do you think, you know, your, the entrepreneurs you know would say and do when they see that and they hear this stuff? Well... Me personally, like dealing with politicians historically, there's a hidden agenda behind it, and who knows really what it is. But speaking on the bill itself, what I see is really is this is just a setup for infrastructure for clean energy. Um, kind of been a trend for the past couple years. It's just another wave we're going to ride. You know, if you get what I'm saying, you know, um, that's that's what we're setting up so we can have more EVs, more more solar energy, um, fusing energy. What I heard from the research that I did, like we're trying to take as much money from this, as much energy from the sun and turn that into energy that we can use. Yeah. I think I think this bill is going to be a catalyst for that to happen maybe 12 years out. Nothing short term, of course, you know, everything takes time. But, you know, as far as like entrepreneurs, like taking it or maybe leverage what's happening, it's just something you pay attention to. And I will say, just me, if I'm paying attention to anything, I'm gonna watch the market really. You know, I'm gonna pay attention to certain infrastructures like commodities. I'm going to pay attention to even healthcare a little bit, but I would say dominantly it would be energy. And if we narrow it down even more, it'd be clean energy because um, we we got to get there at some point. That's the reality of the situation. We can't use fossil fuels and we've damaged this planet as a species. So, Listen, you we know, we eventually have to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah. And it's also perfect timing for Biden to, to, to sign the bill, you know, to get that through, to make him look good. Because, um, nope. Well, he's a politician, you know. I don't trust any politician. But it, he gets to try to carry out another promise that more than likely he's not going to keep. So I thought gotta, it was interesting you picked that. So, well, I, I thought said, it was hey. interesting. I said we're gonna pick, we're gonna talk about these bills and what does it mean, um, but just to make sure, I don't know how much you heard, but basically before you pop back in, I went on a long tirade about how I don't think that the government does stuff sneakily like we believe because the stuff that's out there is even more ugly. So I just want to make sure that that you know that I said that because I don't <laughs> want you to listen back and be like, oh, he got me out here looking dumb. No, I don't. I, I did say that just so you know. So I'm just being, you know, just being transparent with you, bro. Um, Brittany, did you, did you have any other thoughts behind that? Now that, uh, you got to hear Parrish speak? 
No, I mean, I agree with what Parrish had to say as far as um, kind of getting, I really do feel like, I mean, I voted for Biden, but I feel like he's really just a place filler for the next four years. Nothing's really happening. So a lot of these bills do feel like they're being signed into place. I mean, the ones we're going to talk about today and just in general, they're just being kind of put out there to be put out there. Um, I, I, it's hard enough to find a regular job. I don't think regular people are getting IRS jobs. When we were talking about making jobs, those jobs still aren't made for your average person. So it's not really helping the people who need to be helped. It's still benefiting upper middle class, um, if anything. So the the agenda seems like it's it's the same. And one of the things we've talked about or Rich has mentioned on our podcast is just that <clears throat> no matter what side you're on, they're kind of both like-minded just in their own ways. And you're seeing that in the bills that are happening. They just seem like they're only affecting a certain sector of people. And it's it's not the democratic way, the best for all, which is, you know, essentially is what they run on. Oh, no. Oh, man, we're going to lose Parrish again. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I get it. I get what you're saying. So let's go to the the next. Did you guys get to read the uh, the PACT Act? I couldn't find an article quickly enough that kind of summarized it. So I went and found the, the full on bill. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, ooh, lots of words. <laughs> <laughs> so this one hasn't been signed yet. Um, PACT is an acronym and I'm trying to find exactly what that acronym is for uh first off it's called hr 3967 uh resolve that the bill from the house of representatives an act to improve health care and benefits for veterans exposed to toxic substances and Which for other purposes them. so and then it's a whole bunch of legal whole bunch of legal mumbo jumbo this is like the full-on like from congress.gov thing that I found there. Um, that sounds it's, like, ooh, so but many it's about, words. It's about protecting uh, the veterans. And Jamal is in the comments. So, Jamal, I would actually love to hear from you, bro, in the comments. Or come take the microphone from Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about... Take me out the chair. It wouldn't be the first time I've seen him do that. Absolutely not. Uh, um, but, you know... I guess, uh, how much of it were you able to read? Um, I skimmed I skimmed through it, but it is a conversation that Jamal and I have had um, about veterans' benefits as a whole. I think that it's packaged very, very pretty. You know, you get this and you get this, but it is also much like a lot of things. It is dependent on something or the other. As far as healthcare goes, yes, a lot of it is free, but it is essentially no better than getting, like, Medicare. You know what I mean? It's 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 very basic free healthcare. It's not as good as getting a private health private healthcare insurance. So anything that helps the veterans I think is beautiful. I think that other than Veterans Day, veterans do not feel 
like they are appreciated, like they did anything for this country, you know, essentially other than knowing that. Um, sorry, I was just reading Jamal's comment. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and he said so many times that getting free meals on Veterans Day is the most appreciated he feels. So as far <laughs> as healthcare goes, it is one of the things that that veterans deserve. Um, one of the things we talk about so much on our podcast is that mental health is health. It is just as important to get a physical for your body as it is to take care of your mental health. And that is something that veterans suffer from. And they, while there is support there, there's never enough. Um, so any type of, of help for them is appreciated yeah. for sure. So... <laughs> Um, I found a different little summary of it. It's called the Honoring Our Pact Act of 2022 and the Honoring Our Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxins. Toxics, not toxins. Um, honoring Our Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxics Act of 2022, known as the Honoring Our Pact Act of 2022, is an act of Congress intended to significantly improve healthcare access and funding for veterans who were exposed to toxic substances during military service. And then Jamal in the comments, first off he said, to be honest, until Obama came into office, they left a lot of those old veterans out in the cold. And now he is saying a lot of black old school vets went and served and came home and were treated like any other black person and not given benefits and medical help. You know, um, and, and you say that, you know, really, uh, Jamal, it really crystallizes, well, it, it really amplifies, you know, some thoughts that I've had. I'm not sure if I've said them on a show or not in the past, but my stepfather, he went and fought in Vietnam. Um, mm. And, you know, I, maybe I was just thinking this, but pfft, that man was drinking every night. Every night. Not necessarily getting drunk. Absolutely. Yeah, nah, taking the edge off. But every single night. Listen, Brittany, you from Detroit. He was drinking that Mickey's 40 ounce. <laughs> Every single night. Archie, what's good, brother? And, and you know, it really just, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really, you know, it, it's obviously needed. Man, going to war is, is the human body, the human mind isn't meant for it at all. Absolutely. Um, but so what it says significantly improving healthcare access and funding that just, I, I, I guess I don't understand access. What does that mean? So I think, I think, right, to from as a veteran's wife, anytime I ask Jamal about going to the doctor or doing anything doctor related, he always says, I'll go to the VA, I'll go to the VA. And that's really the only place they go to get healthcare that they don't have any issues with insurance, you know what I mean? Or having any of that they can go in. And VAs are not always accessible. They are not always close. They are busy because there's a bunch of other vets that are there getting everything else looked at because it's, it's a, you know, a catch-all for anything you have. Um, it's not like just going to your doctor. You have to go somewhere. So I think that might be the access part of it. Um, that they're referring to. It's just being able to go somewhere other than the VA that's 10, 20 miles away from you. So essentially and then, making it that's easier here. 
to 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 leverage the benefits and the insurance is what right. you say. Right. Because I mean, so you know, most men, I'm not in general, already don't get <laughs> Rich is like, I wanna get in. <laughs> oh, I most... thought he meant the link to the article. Nah, he meant the link to being right here. You know Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why is she on here? Um, most men in general don't go to the doctor like they should. Let's just keep it real. Um, they don't go like they should. So to make it harder to even access that care, and you have a vet who's been told all his, all his, at least all his career, if not all his life, to suck it up and keep it pushing, that's what they're going to do. But when, in this case, when you're being exposed to whatever harmful chemicals, like Jamal was you know, referring to Agent Orange or whatever is going on, this is causing other issues, probably cancer and any other like underlying medical issues that if you're just pushing through and living your life and you're not going wherever you need to go to the VA or however far you need to travel out to get treated, it's, you know, constantly taxing on your body, on your mind, on everything in that in your life. Yeah. Which is... You know, wearing down our vets and our our military personnel. Yeah, no, I can remember watching uh, some type of Perry play, uh, and Brown is on there. He oh, he's at the doctor in the play, and he's like, "What do you do when you feel like this?" He's like, "Yeah, I just go and get." It's like, yeah, I just go and get. Oh, uh, here he is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I gotta go to work. So, y'all knew I y'all knew I was going to join in on this, man. Why y'all why y'all doing me like that? Hey, it sounds like you just got off work, bro. <laughs> no, no, I just left GameStop. Uh, I was looking for some stuff. Okay. okay. Well, be folks, careful. Don't trust them. Uh, <laughs> I, I I've been I've been dealing with GameStop too long to know to know that. Well, folks, now we have Rich from Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered, the longest podcast name in the world. <laughs> The name know? is unapologetically black. You keep using our slogan as well. But no, what's the topic? We're talking about quite a few things. Um, so I'm gonna I'm go actually go back to uh, to Parish here, and you know, Parish, we're talking about the Pack Deck. I know you're having uh, internet challenges over there. I'm not sure how much you were able to hear about what the Pack Deck is, or if you had a chance to look into it before uh, we started the show. Um, that's, 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 that's the act for the veterans, right? Um, um, well, it, it goes, it goes back to what I was saying before. However, see, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that, um, veterans had to go through that just to get healthcare. Um, it's a bill that needs to be passed, um, but again, I feel like it's 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 just something just to make Biden look good or that administration to look good, right? You know, because the yeah, that's cool. You sign things, but what what are you actually going to do, and how soon? You know, if you do something ten years from now, and you paint that same scenario that Brittany just painted. A lot of veterans aren't going to get the care that they were promised. Because um, 
I, I had um, a few podcasts ago. I had Sergeant Bombi Henry, who's also a veteran for 20 years. You know, he's 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 retired. He'd be retired officially in October. And when we were talking, he always led with that. He led with the benefits of number one, being a part of the army, having that bread, that brand attached to you, your rank, and the benefits that they give you, which healthcare is the primary benefit. But if you get this primary benefit and there's asterisks in between it, like, okay, yeah, I can get a free doctor, but I got to drive X amount of out X amount of time somewhere else. And I can, can't just go up the street to the doctor somewhere. That's some bullshit. <laughs> like if, if I'm being honest about it, that's some bullshit. So it's like, oh, so now you'll want to sign the bill, but this should have been happening. I'm sorry. I don't trust politicians, y'all. I don't. <laughs> and and I found it interesting that Brad picked the pick these two bills to choose um, how entrepreneurs are going to leverage this. And my personal opinion, if you're relying solely on a politician to to gain any form of leverage, not saying you don't pay attention to it. Not saying that. Still pay attention to it because it's the way of the land. It's the law of the land. You should be aware but if you're relying on that you're already going to lose because that leaves the opportunity to be disappointed that leaves the opportunity for something not to fall through and oh my god that's shocking to hear that because you know i was set my niece is on her way to the army on the 29th and that's been the number one thing i've been saying to her it's like you don't have to pay your medical bills. You don't have to be like your uncle that's calling the the collection agencies from 10 years ago and you're trying to get your bills taken care of. You know what I'm saying? You can have things straight from the jump, but now I hear this, I'm like, oh, it's still not good regardless. I mean, you have an option, but it's not the best option. Now, hearing that, I'm optimist, hopefully, that they will actually deliver on what they say, Dang. you know. Um, however, I'm still skeptic. I don't care how many pieces of paper that they sign. Are you actually going to do it? And are you not going to manipulate it to the point where the powers that be get paid? And go back to what Brad was saying, like, um, I don't believe that there's... Um, like evil corporations secretly just being greedy and taking everything for people. I don't believe that. I just believe it's just a whole bunch of incompetence. Like people just really don't know what they're doing. And they're kind of just shooting from the hip, but at the same time, you're running the country. Yeah, I, I realized when I became an adult that all adults are just faking it till they make it. Like, because I thought they, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. And it's like, as an adult with children, nah, winging it every day. And you have to remember that these people are doing the same thing. Like, they are going in with maybe a little bit more knowledge than me and just say, fuck it. Like, I'm just saying. You're right, though, because I remember seeing, I mean, even, like, you see, like, memes being like, there's no way that like adults were this immature in the 80s and in the, in the 90s. They absolutely like, were. Like my mama was not trying to have no fun, and now you just go back like, yeah, 
they were. I mean, yeah, they essentially. That's exactly. They were even more reckless, honestly, than we are. Um, so, Rich, I would like to ask you how you feel about the what we were just talking about, the act to essentially give veterans who have been exposed to chemical warfare um, and just veterans in general more access to health care and uh, more funding towards their health care. How, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, me personally, I believe this is something that they should have been doing from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, these are issues that for a lot of people, even starting back to, you know, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, you know, my granddad era where things like the VA didn't really become important until people like my crew, my era that went through boot camp 2009, right? You'll meet a slew of people where they've like, oh yeah, I joined, went to war, got out and never went to the VA. Never got any disability, never got anything done, but they walk around with PTSD. They walk around with bad backs and bad this and bad that. And now, because the VA and the VA knows this stuff, but when they go up there to finally get checked out, they're like, oh, well, you've lived X amount of time with it. Well, shit, you might as well keep living with it. <laughs> they're like, so they should do more. Um, I believe. That it, it depends, right? Because we know, sorry, hold on. We know that there's people, I know that there's people that join, they go four years, they come out, they've never been to war, they've never done anything. And it's like, do you really need to take up the access that another veteran might need, that might need, right? Or, you know, and do we only save these resources for people that actually need them? You know, but I mean, another part of me is also like, I mean, well, shit, whether they went to war or not, you know, if I go to PT and I rotate my ankle, right? Shit, I got a bad ankle from that now. So it 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 just depends. It varies, but I definitely believe that this bill or uh, that they should definitely do something um, for veterans. But I, I agree, agree more with what uh, what my brother over here said. With, yeah, with the fact that I'm like I'm an humble. The nearest VA to me is 45 minutes away downtown Houston. Now, that's close compared to people that live in San Antonio. My VA is still the, is, is the only VA, and they live in San Antonio. San Antonio is two and a half hours away. Wow. So if they want to schedule an appointment, they have to schedule it on time, then drive two and a half hours to get Man. there and pray that their appointment hasn't been canceled in between the drive from San Antonio to Houston. Because that'll happen. The VA will call you 30 minutes before your appointment and be like, oh, hey, um, the doctor's not in today. Can we push it back? No, motherfucker, you can't push it back. Like, like you know how hard it is to drive downtown? Drive downtown is, is, a, is a headache and a half. That's an hour, an hour and a half out of my... Like, I literally need to plan for this because of how... Uh, because of how congested it is. And in Houston, Houston is already a big, a major city. You're talking hundreds of thousands of veterans go to one hospital. Mm-hmm. One hospital. When COVID hit, it was just the veteran that was allowed to go inside. They didn't care if you were in a wheelchair. They didn't care how sick you were. Nothing. Just the veterans. So imagine all of the older veterans who can't, who need caregivers. 
You have to drop them off at the gate. Let VA personnel take care of them while you go sit in your car. You don't know how long this appointment going to be. Appointment could be an hour. It could be two hours. It could be two and a half because they're going to go from there to sending him to labs. Lab is backed up with 400 people. Then he got to go from labs to the pharmacy. Pharmacy is backed up with 400 plus people. Like a VA hospital trip. Bro, a Mm -hmm. VA hospital trip can take you three to four hours out of your day. Wow. Easily. Instead of just saying, hey, you know what? And then you're saying, on top of that, if you don't live in the right place, it might be a, it might be two or three hours. To that's that's, what, that's, that's, that's why I was like, and that's here, like 10, 20 miles, because in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, there is an abundance of veterans just because of where we are. But, yeah, but because of your location. So because smaller. that you have a military base near you, you know, your, your central area for a lot of federal people mm-hmm. who are prior military, they put a ba- they put a hospital out there. Right. But in a rural area, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they don't have a VA. So what right. about those people? You know, wildland, Kentucky. The vets they are everywhere. They're not they just in one state. You know what I'm saying? When, in Jacksonville, Jacksonville has one has one VA, and it's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mm. So wow. if you live anywhere else in North Carolina, you must go to Winston-Salem. Instead of them saying, you know what? Here, here's the ability to go to a doctor that's down the street. Uh, somebody that's more interested in you because they don't have six, seven, eight hundred patients. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so if this bill works the way it sounds like it's going to work, it's going to be a, it's going to be something that's great and long overdue. Absolutely. Oh yeah, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath for it. Every president talked about shit that they can do for the veterans. All of them talk about it. None of them do it. <laughs> like they, they all talk about what they could do for veterans and for the VA. The VA has been reforming itself for the last 30 years. They're just as slow. It'll still take them eight to six weeks, six to eight weeks to review a, a claim that you might put in, which is why they have stuff like, hey, if you put your claim in, you have a year to claim it because it might take them a year to get back to you. Mm-hmm. And now, mind you, you're living with a disability throughout the entire year, but it might take them up to a year to say, oh, yeah, that's worth compensation or no, that's not worth compensation. But mind you, some people like me have been in since high school. So how is it that every injury that I mark down, I'm not compensated for? I've been in since high school. I haven't done anything else. And when I get out, you say that's not service related. What the fuck? How is it not service related? And that's you've had people like that where they 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 and then the complex that you get from going in like going to medical has always been frowned upon, right? Going to a doctor has always been frowned upon. Military military related, whether it's Marine Corps, Army, it don't matter. As a male, going to the doc, going to the vet, the doctor makes you look weak. So a lot of people don't go. So when they get out, they don't have. The ability to say, well, yeah, I broke my collarbone while I was in. Because they're going to look at your medical record and they'll be like, you never went to medical for a collarbone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, yeah, but... And they're going to be like, yeah, well, guess what? Now you can live with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, hey, I've had four surgeries since I've been in. They're going to be like, well, we don't see none of that. Wow. So it's it's harder to be medically retired than it is to do an actual retirement. That's dirty. Right. Because I'm not going to say everyone, but most people suffer some injury in some, you know, yeah. some form. <laughs> so, I found the other act 
that I wanted to, or the other thing I wanted to send to you guys that I did not send, so forgive me. I'm hitting you guys on the fly. This happened last week. The CHIPS bill or CHIPS Act, whatever it's called, was signed. This was last week. Uh, I'm reading from Reuters, uh, August 9th. President Joe Biden on Tuesday signed a landmark bill to provide $52.7 billion in subsidies for U.S. semiconductor production and research and to boost efforts to make the United States more competitive with China's science and technology efforts. I mean, what is that supposed to mean? I was going to say, I feel like you said a lot of words that just said China is more advanced than we are. We've known that. We've been ripping off of other cultures for a long time. <laughs> so now you're paying money to, to get better? Well, now this this bill interests me. This isn't financial advice, but I'm all in for like semiconductors as an investment because we go back to that infrastructure what we're talking about. You know, EV, these smart cities. Hey, my man Rich just uh, came back from GameStop. Those uh, councils, they take they take semiconductors. That that's another that's that feels. That's why people can't get PS5 still. Isn't oh man, like a chip of some sort that they. Yeah, well, the, the, the scalpers is the reason we can't get PS5. <laughs> but <laughs> it's the scalpers. You know, they you know Sony has to slow down production because people keep scalping. But um, for all these all those things, even Elon Musk, when he shoot those rockets in the air, he needs semiconductors. So. That's going to be one of the most important commodities on the planet. I would say I'm, I'm spitting about 15 years, 20 years from now. As all these new cool things that they say we're going to do, they're going to need semiconductors. And kind of pay attention. Nancy Pelosi just left Taiwan. Her husband just bought, I believe, 100,000 shares in NVIDIA. And in Taiwan, TSM is there. The only thing in Taiwan is TSM, which is they're the wholesaler and the manufacturer of all of the semiconductors. Everybody get their semiconductors through them. NVIDIA, AMD, Intel, you name them. So as far as like, you know, if we talk about entrepreneurship, this is a bill we want to pay attention to because... Um, this will be the time to invest in these companies that's getting ready to build the new infrastructure for EVs, smart cities, and overall technology that's going to, in, I don't want to say improve, but change our lives. Like even the metaverse, like the amount of semiconductors we're going to need just to make it actually work that the way that they're saying is going to work is the, the demand is, is so high. It's just that right now we're kind of early, but we got that bill in place. Now, I believe that is a bill that's going to go through because there's too much money involved. There's too much money involved, and you, you can see politicians already moving their money towards semiconductors. Now, I notice a lot of people are going towards NVIDIA. However, my sentiment is AMD because they have a proprietary chip, and no one else has a proprietary chip but AMD. You know, to my to my knowledge, I don't know if Nvidia is working on anything. I don't really follow them, but when when you hear semiconductors, my ears wiggle now. 
because I'm invested. I, I encourage everybody to do your research, not financial advice, but there's a huge demand for semiconductors. Even now, it's a huge demand. But in the future, that's, that's going to 10x because everything that's going to be developed is going to use some form of chip. Sound like you want to get in there, in, in there, Rich. That sounds like a bunch of stuff that is beyond me. Sir, are you in the bathroom? Am I in the bathroom? <laughs> no, in my lovely house. You don't see my piano? You're echoing like you went in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I can okay, tell us that a, sounds better. I can tell it's a gaming chair, so I feel yeah. comfortable. But it right, right. <laughs> It's definitely so giving public restroom vibes, my guy. <laughs> nah, man. Just my, be my beautiful, humble abode. There you go. So He's swagging out here. So, so, Parrish, you know, you're saying that, like, this is going to be huge into pretty much every piece of technology. So, I mean, stop me. Cell phones? Yep. Refrigerators? You the said smart ones. You the said electric ones. cars. Anything uh, with a battery, my guy. Anything, anything with a battery. Okay. okay. If you got a battery and Damn there. connection, it probably have that type of processor in. There we go. It also said that this should also be creating jobs because we're essentially going to be able to manufacture them in the now. See, but here's the, here's the issue with creating those type of jobs, right? These companies aren't going to make those jobs in America because labor is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You, it, it sucks because as a businessman myself, if I'm not going to want to pay Brad, Brad won't going to want thirty dollars to forty dollars plus hazard pay to work that minefield and then to do all the resources that I need. Uh, Ling Ling, not necessarily. This is why we don't bring rich places. The views and opinions expressed by Richard. <laughs> if you have ever watched Unapologetically Black, we don't take rich nowhere nice. In other countries, not so much. I can pay $3 an hour because they're gonna, that's just what their labor will require. Mm -hmm. And I can cut a lot of cost. The labor, the labor laws, because you only go off of the laws that are in the country that you're in. You don't go based off of America. So when I put my company in Mexico, I follow Mexico laws. When I put it in Japan, I follow Japan laws. So laws like in India, Singapore, China, they're all different. So I can get by with pennies on a dollar. That doesn't help the American people at all. They don't create jobs. They just create more things for you to buy. Harsh, but true. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't disagree. I feel like they're always like, we're creating jobs. And then you hop on Indeed and you've been looking for a job for six months and ain't nothing coming through. <laughs> they, they, they're right. They're creating jobs. They're just not creating jobs for you. Right. And go ahead. Go ahead, right. Go ahead. Now, Cause I was going to go ahead. Well, and I said the, the piggyback on what he's saying it's like, yeah, they're not going to create jobs for us because it takes a tremendous amount of effort to even build like a semiconductor mill, mm -hmm. you know. So why why spend 
so much time, effort, and capital on doing it here, and then we could just go somewhere else that's already had the infrastructure in place and partner with in, them. In addition to the $52.7 billion you're spending just to have the, you know, the knowledge on how to do it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, again, that is, it's all going to be, that's all a money game. And not to include the taxes on import on, on importing it back over here, and it's crazy, right? That's why other countries lead in technology when it comes to stuff like that because their country has the resources already there. Their labor laws are different there. There, they can say, "Hey, guess what? You're only going to work. We're only going to pay you five dollars an hour, and that's what you're going to accept." Where here in America, you will get absolutely reamed if you try to pay somebody five dollars an hour with something as hazardous as that, you know? And we don't have this country, weird, we don't have those type of resources, you know? We don't have those type of, those, those type of coals and mines where we can make stuff like this. Mm. At least not without having to pay somebody that says they own the land already. So imagine right. running across and you need turbines made, but the land belongs, it's either privately owned by somebody or it belongs to the state. And now you gotta jump through hoops to work there or to gain access to it. It's just easier to go somewhere else. So with that said, with, with, when you guys are thinking that, what does that mean for, how do you guys feel when you hear, hey, $52 billion getting invested? I think it's crazy because it literally says, $52 billion for research and, um, hold on, what did it say it, it covered exactly? It was literally for, like, the knowledge on how to make it. Who's paying it? Right. Who's paying the $52 billion? Us. <laughs> Where did that part go? I literally pulled up the exact thing you're reading. And... Um, I don't think we're gonna pay it like it's so so much in form of tax, but you you're gonna um excuse my French, I curse like a sailor. There you you fucking you you fucking up the money. Right. You know, you, you you fucking up the money by doing that. So it's the says, value research, of money when you say that. Research development, manufacturing, and workforce development. So this is literally fifty two point seven billion on conceptualizing and ideas and knowledge it's not even on actually but, you know starting the manufacturing over over how long right so when you're talking about a country that has 27 30 million people in it and if you're talking about 52 billion dollars over 10 years over 15 years when it comes to individual taxes that might not mean hardly shit for anybody right because of how many people pay taxes and how many people are putting money into this? So 50, you'll get $52 billion like that. You know, black people spend a trillion dollars damn near yearly in just buying Chanel bags and buying fucking Gucci and buying all this other stuff, right? So it just depends on who's paying the taxes and over how long is it supposed to be paid out for, you know? Uh, but I mean, don't, don't get it twisted. I mean, look, it's, uh, America has never really cared about the progression of its people. They've only cared about the progression of the country and those who run it. That's it. And whatever they got to do when they go to try to maintain power of the West, 
they will do those things at any expense of anyone else. I will say that I find this really interesting because like I said, I pulled it up when you said, you know, surprise, this is what we're talking about. So I just scrolled down and they do say in this bill that they will be supporting HBCUs um, and getting students of HBCUs to be part of the research. So if that's the case, and they're actually reaching into the Black community and other communities and minority communities in order to essentially give jobs or give them the ability to, because even if it's not a job, right, if we're talking about college and university, we could be talking about internships, right? But internships are extremely, internships are actually extremely important in college. A lot of times you go through college, you work a job, you don't worry about an internship, you get out, you can't find a job. But if you have an internship in which you're doing the research on this or you're doing whatever needs to be done, when you get out, you can have five job offers that your counterpart didn't have because they they didn't take the time to do that. So if that's the type of initiative they're trying to bring into the school system, then, you know, it, it's not worth $52 billion, but it just bravo. Like, to me, internships should be illegal. You should never work for somebody and not be paid for it, period. I, I hear what you're saying, but yeah. the, so, the ter- on the other end, you the payout of it is is worth it. I mean, it depends on what company you go work for because all the stuff you spent studying and learning, when you get to that other company, it's going to be brand new any day. They're going to teach you what they want you to know anyway. They are, but they're going to look at your resume. They're going to bring you in for an interview and you're going to have the opportunity to get hired and no one else had that opportunity because they didn't take the the time to learn. The reason I take issue with that is because they want you to have experiences that you don't need because they're going to teach you the job anyway. They want you to, uh, we want you to have experience any job. in this and in that, job. but the experience that you want me to have won't even apply to your company. So it doesn't matter if I have it or not, because you're going to reteach me it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if I have the experience or not. It doesn't matter if I did an internship because I'm going to do it over here differently anyway. I agree. I agree. But that's, I mean, that's what the education system in the U.S., because it's for-profit, they're going to keep pushing that. You have to have at least a high school diploma. You have to have at least a bachelor's. Bachelor's is a high school diploma nowadays. Oh, yeah, nowadays. Like, <laughs> it really is. But they want you to be $100,000 in debt coming out looking for a job um, because that keeps you. That's going to pay you $30,000 a year. It's going to keep you in that in that whole in that rat race. slavery mentality. It's called the rat race, and that's what they're going to stay in for forever. You know, Brittany, you talked about being a hundred thousand dollars in debt. It's a perfect segue. Uh, this not this one. I realize now this was an accident that I sent it to you guys, um, <laughs> but I still sent it to you nonetheless. So here we go. Uh, Three point nine billion dollars in student loan debt uh, for uh, people that went to ITT Tech got for, got wiped away, got canceled. I really feel like this is Biden's way of being like, I erased student debt. And it's like, yeah, for people who went to ITT Tech, like... But that's because those schools were scams anyway. Right. right? Look at you, sitting on your couch. You didn't... You didn't erase erase those that were already scams that would have been sued and taken to court anyway. 
right. That's what you erased. You didn't erase the $120,000, you know, bachelor's program for those who went to TSU or, you know, freaking on Ivy League school. You didn't erase those. No, because you're like, no, hell no. You went to the school, you paid for it. Guess what? You're going to pay that loan back, period. They didn't erase federal loans. They didn't get rid of those. Oh, no, 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 no. That federal loan you took out? Yeah, that's going to be paid back. It was only those private loans, those private institutions that they went after. That's it. So that's, that's... Uh, it was three point nine billion for two hundred and eight thousand students. Uh, and he's done a bunch of other colleges. So in total, it's been thirty. It's been about thirty-two billion since in the uh, in the twenty months that he's been in office, give or take twenty months. And my shit still ain't been erased. <laughs> oh, I'm confused. I'm confused. That you had to qualify for anyway. That's that's Biden ain't doing nothing special. <laughs> to be quite honest, re-election is coming up. So let's 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 do this real quick to make us look good. But you got to read the fine print. Two reasons why Biden shouldn't be reelected. One, he's ninety-seven. He's about to die. Two. <laughs> He's, you know, he's only doing this for re-election purposes because it took him and Kamala this long just to do it. When they first mentioned erasing, um, they first they they led their campaign on erasing student loan debts. They got into office. The first six months, people kept bringing it up. Then Kamala changed her mind, like, "Oh no, I don't think we're gonna do that. Like, we we don't know about that yet." But because she over and over and over again about it, then they ran on. Yeah, that's what you ran on. So when people started holding them to it, they were like, oh, I guess we got to do something because that is what we based our campaign on. So we got to do something. So now you're only doing it because people are holding your feet to the fire, not because that's what you genuinely wanted to do. Thank you, baby. I also read in that bill that it's only for people who went from 2005 to 2016 when they yeah. essentially went away. So people prior to 2005 still have to pay back their student loans. Mm -hmm. oh. And it's like that's kind of messed up too. Like, mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, that's dirty. Exactly. That's dirty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they still have to pay it back. Um, and then when you hear these numbers, it's like three point nine million or billion, just in you know that time period for that many students for that particular college. It's like. Mm -hmm. I don't even know why we believed he was going to get rid of student loans. I don't know why. To be honest, with the amount of money that it would have been. As a, as a, as a credit repair specialist, the, I knew that that was capped because you can't get rid of student loans. You can't get rid of child support. I can't take that off your credit report. I can't get rid of child support. I cannot get rid of student loans. And you can rarely get rid of medical bills. Th those things, half of them are tied into federal loans. Most of them are tied into federal loans. They're not going to allow you to get rid of that. Federal program won't take money back, period. They don't care about what's going on. It's only to the private and corrupt. Wait, I think you got it backwards. I think it's the federal loans that are being forgiven. And I think it's the private loans that he can't control. He can't just make a private No, 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 no. It's only private school loans that he's forgiven. Yeah, no federal loan has been forgiven. Maybe it's a private school, but it's the federal loans. You can't. He can't go to Chase and be like, "No, nah, you tripping." Like he legally can't do that. 
Yeah, Sally May ain't answering his calls. <laughs> but it is private schools, for it sure. Be private schools, for sure, but it's the money is the pri is it's federal money that he can forgive. Mm. And I don't know what all the what all ramifications are with that. I don't know if he can just be like, oh, it's all gone. Just I don't know if he can just do that or not. <laughs> or, you know, it listen, we looked at a bill today. We know that the laws are written confusing as mm -hmm. hell. That's why when you sent that one, I was like, ooh. I could not find the article. I could so many words. <laughs> this is why I'm not a lawyer, a it politician. Was, I would have been like, mm, it was where, bill, where's the it cliff was Wikipedia. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to send Wikipedia. Like, right. I'm just like, right. I, now I, I feel a that. Like, I was, I was the no fear Shakespeare kid. Like I need the cliff notes on this. And to piggyback on what y'all said is like, you know, these private schools, he's going to eradicate these loans. These are the quote unquote less prestigious schools, right? Because I just found out recently when you sent that article during my research that it's the international schools that bring in the most money mm -hmm. for for the for the United States. Um, for example, you know you may have uh, you may have a kid from India. He takes a he takes a private internet well he takes an international college for America out there. He has the prestige of having an American education. That kid moves to America, and now he's into our society. We don't get rid of those loans. Um, we don't get rid of the loans from the HBCUs, but we get rid of the loans from these, these lesser-known or technical-skill colleges. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to know were scams to begin with. Everest, ITC Tech, they were scams to begin with. They were just robbing people money. They weren't giving no real substance or nothing. They want they want credit at schools. They want none of that. It was just somebody who probably was like, you know what, let's let's fold together a tech school. And let's just start scamming people out their money. Let's not teach them nothing real. I'm, I'm staying away. From, I'm staying away from the S word, but I feel you. <laughs> what are you about to say, Brittany? I was just gonna say it's not only let's not teach them something real, but just lying about their numbers, like how many people are actually passing, how many people are actually getting jobs afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, just skewing their numbers so they can continue to get government funding to keep right. it pushing. So I think that's where the scam was more in like I, I do believe people were learning things. It's not it's not hard to learn things. I homeschooled through COVID, like can go online and teach people things, but the scam is in them getting government funding and not being accredited or not doing what they needed to do to stay accredited. Right. And then job placement afterwards. Right. Yeah, no, those those numbers. I mean, that's what I do for a living, so let me, let me stop. <laughs> but those numbers, you'd be skewing them joints. <laughs> so, so Parrish, tell the listeners about the Entrepreneur Kickback and what you do and where they can find you. 
Oh, um, well, I'm on all major podcasting platforms um, right now. Majority audio. Just real, relatable, and raw conversations with active entrepreneurs. Um, I'll tell you a history on how I came up with this show because um, I shared when I started podcasting. And um, once I got all my equipment together, I'm like, okay, I can't talk about video games no more because it's expensive. Because <laughs> not just going to keep buying video games just to talk about them. So I need something that I can be long-winded about. So um, I was at a family event. You know, you call those red cup kickbacks. You know, you chill with your family. It's a you. good time. Yeah, and um, I was over at my cousin's house. Shout, to, shout out to Brittany. And um, her fiance. <laughs> not me. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Um, her, her, her fiance was talking with his best friend. And regular guy talk, aggro. You know, you got cigars and alcohol. So it's a family event. But they talking about buying apartment buildings. They talking about starting restaurants. They're talking about losing millions of dollars. So I never witnessed this, you know what I'm saying, within my circle. You know, it's usually, let's just be real, it's a lot of ignorant shit. I've met you. You know. She 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 she's trying to line me up, man. I ain't falling for it. <laughs> but uh, but um, I sat down with these two gentlemen. They was both a part of my show eventually too. But uh, I was like, damn, this is an entrepreneur kickback. We sitting here, we chilling, we having fun. This music is a family event. But I just got a whole lesson on how to buy an apartment building, <laughs> and e even a few lessons on how to get a single family home. Shoot, I found out what mistakes I made purchasing my home within that conversation. And we talked for a good three hours and it didn't seem like it. So then that sparked the show. From there, I just moved forward. And I want to hear the real about entrepreneurship because a lot, because it's a buzzword now. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's a buzzword and everybody's an entrepreneur. Now, if Brittany remember when we, when we, first met back in the day, I was on this shit then. It's just mm -hmm. that I didn't know what to do at the time. There was nobody, it, it wasn't as open as people talking about it. You know, I was that guy that said, hey, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. They was like, you stupid. Why would you do that? You should just get a job and then just, you know, just work your job. I mean, like, why can I do both? Why can I just have a job and then have a business on the side and then eventually work on my business. Why, why can't I do that? So with that sentiment, I was like, well, let me start this show. But I want a real life perspective. I talk to entrepreneurs at all of them. Um, I, we could speak with uh, Mr. Gary Shelton, who, who primarily just built apartment complexes. Multi, multi-millionaire. To... To... One of let's see who can I use that example? Uh, maturity. To um yeah, maturity. He's a good one. Who's who's made who's made movies using his cell phone and only his cell phone. You know, so it's it's levels to it, and and the thing is, I want to be able to express like it's levels to it. You don't have to be a billionaire 
in order to be considered a successful entrepreneur. You might find a niche sweeping floors. This is another real life example. I know a janitor who was sweeping floors at his job then eventually got a contract to sweep more floors and used to get more guys to sweep floors. That's simple. Mm-hmm. And this is, and that's, that's something I want to share with people. And I think I encourage people to have these conversations amongst your circle because you realize it's a lot of the power in, in your circle that you already have. It's just that no one is really talking about it for real. Now, now, now I'm zeroing in on Rich now because I found out he a credit specialist and I ain't found one yet. <laughs> so, I'm like, uh-huh, I heard that. Because I, I, he- <laughs> so I, 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 I own um, an escape room franchise. So um, I do that and, and I, I'm running my own credit uh, financing company. But the thing is, a lot of people confuse, or I don't want to say they confuse it. What happens is, is a lot of people say they're entrepreneurs when they're really just self-employed. There's a difference there between being an entrepreneur that deals with the day-to-day grind of, of being the boss that runs different things. And I got to make sure these people are here and I got taxes that work for this. I got C Corp. My company is set up correctly, not just Richard at G, you know, at Richard's place, gmail.com. You know, my say my business phone number is my cell phone number. My business address is my house address. Like those people, there's a lot of people that do stuff that are just self-employed. And if you read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki talks about this a lot. The self, the, the, the four types of, that you have the employee, the employee, which is people that go to work, they get their check, they go home. Nothing wrong with that. If you know that you're that type of person. You have the self-employed motherfuckers who are like your lawyers, doctors. When they're self-employed, they're just high paid people that pretty much like a lawyer that runs his own law firm. You're self-employed. You bought yourself a job. That's all. And then you have actual entrepreneurs who are who runs companies and they own companies. Those type of people. So th- there's a difference there. And a lot of people run out. They they're entrepreneur today, and you check on them a year from now. Nah, bro. I see. I stopped doing that. See, I'm, I'm doing this now. Oh no, nah, see, bro. I stopped doing that. See, I'm doing this now. And they're never consistent with anything. They're never constantly rolling through because the moment it gets tough, it's like, oh, no, nah, I can't do that. I'm not doing that no more. Oh, wait, I really have to use the PPP loan to, to do paychecks? Yes, my brother. You should really <laughs> use your PPP loans for paychecks, not to go buy the new Maserati that came out. <laughs> and go to jail a couple of years. And you go to jail. Like, <laughs> you really need the PPP, like those type of stuff. Getting loans are not easy. They're not. Startup companies, essentially, if you don't have your own money, you you might as well just you might as well like money. Because nobody's giving money to a startup. Nobody. They don't care how good your credit is. They don't care how good your nothing. They'll give you a they'll give you a business credit card, but they're not giving you a loan. They're not giving you a line of credit and your business is brand new and they don't make no money. No. They ain't gonna do that. We're gonna give you this eight thousand dollar credit card. Now go figure it out from there. We're going to give you this $10,000 credit card and I go figure it out from there. Until you start generating revenue and building your actual business up. And revenue, sorry people, but revenue, if your revenue is only five to 6000 a month, they, that's not help. It's not going to help. They want people that are making $25,000, $30,000, dollars $60,000 a month. That's where they'll start honing in like, okay, his business is legit. His business does things. 
If you're only making five or six thousand, you self-employed, my brother. Your taxes is a whole nother different thing. Facts. He's speaking facts. And and see, and this is a and see, like you see how he came in and dropped a major jewel right there. I was giving free like, game. I'm not gonna even charge Brad for that. Dang. <laughs> that's, that's, that show wasn't gonna pay you. You were self-employed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, with the vocabulary words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brittany, go ahead and plug unapologetically. Hey. Um, unapologetically black, never broken, always empowered. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can catch us. We actually go live usually three times a week, so Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and upload sometime between that night and next morning. Check for the next morning is better bet. Um, you can join Rich and I and our co-host Dre. We, we like to just focus on topics that affect the Black communities, affect Black families directly, me Black mental health. Um, we want to shed light on some of the, the things that we grew up and that are cultural norms that shouldn't be and break down some of these walls and barriers so that the next generation can thrive. That's our goal and to just have voices be heard. So... Yeah, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturdays are Shit Talk Saturday. We team up with Brad from time to time on Saturdays. You can catch him there. We are actually going to have Parish on next month for our financial month. So we are excited for that. Free game. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you get me, you get rich. Um, you We can't take him too many nice places, but <laughs> we let him speak his mind. Hey, this is my second home. <laughs> But that's it. And you can find us on any place you can stream a podcast. We're on all social medias, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yeah, we out here. YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. We're trying to reach 4,000 hours so we can get uh, paid. Yes. <laughs> Please subscribe, like, and subscribe to the channel. All that good stuff. And when Rich said he owns, and I, I always, because Jamal gets mad at him. That's my husband. Um, when Rich says he owns a line of um, escape rooms, they are in Ohio. And I know you have Ohio-based listeners as well, Brad. So yeah, for sure. Check out Rich um, All you know In Adventures, all, wherever they are. Let me, go ahead, let me go ahead and pay for that self-employment. Go ahead and plug. Go ahead and plug yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but you can check me out. Um, if, if you're looking for someone to help you uh, with your financial journey, let's say that, financial journey, because <laughs> uh, I'm not a tax consultant. I do not consult with people. I give advice as if this is what I would do if I was you. And then also, but I do offer credit repair services to help get your credit right. Because without credit, pimp, you you useless out here. Uh, and anybody that's tried to buy anything more, higher than two thousand dollars knows that if you ain't got your credit right, you might as well go ahead and get that up. Uh, but you can also check us out all in adventures, escape room if you're looking to have a fun time with the family, uh, love solving puzzles and mysteries and stuff. Check us out all in adventures. Um, I have one in Columbus, Ohio, at the Polaris Mall, Dayton, Ohio, the Dayton Mall, and Minner, Ohio. I forget the name of the mall, but there's only one mall in Minner anyway. I think it's called the Minner Mall. I think. Yeah, there's, there's only one mall in Minner anyway, so you, you it's hard to miss. Yeah. <laughs> if you know where Minner, Ohio is, you know where the mall is. Yes, you know where the mall is. <laughs> Same with Dayton, Ohio. Uh, no, Dayton now has two malls, so the old mall. 
if you're in Dayton. <laughs> so yeah, check that out if you're in the Ohio area. Um, check out uh, check out Unapologetically Black. Check out the Entrepreneur Kickback. Leave a five star rating and review on what's happening. Follow us on social media. At what's happening? Uh, follow Fred, even though he's not here, we will still plug him anyway. Mister Humble underscore Beginning on Instagram. Fred Scott on Facebook. Brad Robinson, 1986 on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, and just Brad Robinson, 86 on Twitter. Thank you so much. This ended up being a a triple threat podcast. It, it kind of worked. <laughs> we even had the head rock thing going at the same time. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, I appreciate everybody uh, tapping in with us. Appreciate y'all coming through on the show. And uh, folks, we will see you next week. And Fred was here, he would say, peace.